in an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Hey, nerdy ghouls. Welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co-host. On this show, we fan ghoul over spooky pop culture and learn from it, too. If you've always loved Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky oasis. Today, we're going to grave dig into how to keep the spook alive through February, my thoughts on Velma and The Last of Us, and after, we will be getting back into bloody binge-worthy to discuss The Vampire Diaries season six and seven. And just for today, I'm going to save you all the boring haunted housekeeping because they'll probably come up naturally throughout today's show anyway. And if I'm being real honest, I'm tired. Like, is anyone else feeling like 2023 has just totally kicked your butt already? (laughs) Anyway, before we get into all the ghoul stuff, I thought we could share a cup of brew and talk about how we're keeping the spook alive. Okay, so you're probably going to hear more about this in this week's YouTube video, but I recently got the limited edition Friends television series Coffee Creamer, and it is so good. It's hazelnut mocha, and it is bringing me so many cozy vibes these days. It's nutty and chocolatey, and I genuinely wish they were making it forever, but at least now I know that I like hazelnut mixed with mocha, so it shouldn't be too hard to recreate. But what I've been dying to tell you guys about is my new obsession. And if you're following me on Instagram, you already know. But I'm obsessed, and I mean truly obsessed, (laughs) with the video game Disney's Dreamlight Valley. As you all know, Mr. Spooks got COVID like two weeks ago. Oh my god. It seems like I've been playing longer. Maybe three weeks. Anyway, no worries. He's doing much better now. Thank you so much to everyone who reached out on Instagram, sending him well wishes. But that first week he had it, uh, we isolated and I was playing till like 1 a.m. during the week. And as soon as the weekend hit, I went hard until like five in the morning. I'm not proud. It's been a real problem, but I'm finally getting to the point where I don't play for hours every day. But like... I have things to do, like write scripts and film videos, and I don't know, actually work to pay for all these addictions. But I have so many fun content ideas based on this game, and I can't wait until spooky season rolls around on the game, to be honest, to see all of the cool spooky season items we get on the game. I've also been loyally watching The Last of Us and Velma, and it's absolutely insane that so many of you are watching The Last of Us the day it premieres. Like, it's so cool seeing a show that has gotten so many people to watch it on a dedicated day of the week because that's like so 90s. (laughs) So I thought I'd talk about those shows for a bit. Let's start with the controversial one, Velma. So a few of you left conflicting notes about it, and I'm going to read all of them before I share my thoughts. So Wild Rose 01 said, I liked it. I like that it's for adults, so it makes it more funny and entertaining, end quote. Go With The Curl said, I haven't been able to finish the first episode, so that probably says it all, end quote. Bernadette Navarro said, love, so cool. She finally gets to express herself and be her, end quote. Monica Galman said, not watching because I heard it was problematic slash tries too hard, end quote. 
Okay, so here's my haunt take. Is the show perfect? Not at all. If I'm being honest, I found it hard to enjoy the first two episodes as well. I feel like it has gotten better and it's kind of like the show I watch when I need to watch something quick or like on a whim, but I don't have time to like sit down, indulge and binge, if that makes sense. There is a lot wrong with the show, but basically this is what I feel happened with it. I feel like Mindy Kaling wanted to prove so many points and stick it to white privilege that the beauty of storytelling fell apart. Some of the jokes are so in your face that they've lost their irony and it just feels like she created a show to prove everything that's wrong with society. So I just feel like instead of focusing on the storytelling and showing what's wrong versus like saying it in every forced joke that I don't know something just fell apart you know what I mean but that being said can you really blame a girl I mean I'd be lying if I said I've never just been a POC woman wanting to create rage content but the only thing is Mindy we don't all get to create a show out of it with an IP everyone loves (laughs) see some of my rage came out in that comment as well anyway to each their own I genuinely have enjoyed the show for what it is like was it executed properly no but also like some of it is actually pretty relatable at times and it's spooky and I'd rather help support a POC woman than another white rich male in Hollywood so it is what it is you know okay and then we have the last of us admittedly I asked your thoughts on the show after one episode and wish I had waited but either way it sounds like you all love it loving Mally said love it so far I think it's fun and suspenseful end quote yeah I think even on episode three I can still agree that it is suspenseful I still have no idea where the show is gonna go my brother is a huge gamer and he swears that he loves this game so much he knows it by heart he's played it I think he said he's played it three times in its entirety and he told me like even after episode three the show is gonna get so crazy and I have no idea where it's going and I cannot wait to see how it unravels Hello Sparkle said, very good so far. However, the idea of a fungus taking over being possible is making me nervous, end quote. Yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers, but the last scene of episode two made me cringe so hard. I don't think, okay, actually the entire episode two, not just the end. Now that I'm thinking about it, that entire episode was so spooky, you guys. I am not one to easily scare, especially because we've talked about this in the past. I have gone through so many haunted houses in my life that I'm like desensitized to being afraid in haunted houses, if that makes sense, because I'm used to it. But if anyone were to make a a maze or like a haunt of this show, like I'm talking like HHN needs to pick it up. The way the zombies look in this show in a haunt would terrify the crap out of me, honestly. Like, see, like that episode two was so spooky. All I could think was like, holy crap, this might be the IP that terrifies me to death if they ever made it into a haunt. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, Wild Rose 01 said, I love it. I played the game before it became a show, end quote. Uh, I'm loving feeling all of you start to share more of your gaming life with me. Because I feel like before I started sharing about Dreamlight on Instagram, I had no idea so many of you were gamers. And now that we know, oh my, we have unlocked an entire new segment or like not segment, but like category of spooky things to talk about. Alice in Wanderlash said, 
I like it so good, but it's making me not want to eat any mushrooms. <laughs> Laughing emoji. So gross. End quote. Yeah, I too feel the same way. Like I just can't look at mushrooms the same way anymore. And it's pretty sad because I loved mushrooms. <laughs> All I can think about is again, the last scene of episode two. Yuck. Okay. Yana Loves Mitchie said, it's amazing. It's like literally shot for shot from the game. End quote. Okay. I have not played the game. I almost feel like I need to play the game. Oh my God, you guys, if I played the game on YouTube live, like streaming, would you guys watch it? I just had that idea and I kind of like it, but also it takes away dreamlight time. What do I do? Okay. Anyway, I digress. Yes. So watching this, I have not played the game, but the first episode was so cool where they're like trying to get away in the truck. That scene felt like a video game. I have heard that if you put like, like Yana said, scenes from the game and the movie side by side, they look identical. And I think that's so cool. Uh, Lalik said the first episode had had me with all the emotions. I'm trying not to binge this one. End quote. Ghoul, you got to watch it weekly with all of us. It's a, it's an experience to have this show, like to have a show that you are watching weekly and that you're looking forward to every week because I personally get mad when I can't binge everything, but I am watching this show, Velma, and How I Met Your Father, like the day they come out. And it's been kind of cool to look forward to that again. I, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with it because like... At first, I get mad that I can't just binge all of it, but also like having that excitement and looking forward to something, especially on days that you don't normally look forward to stuff like Sundays are usually the Sunday scaries. And now it's actually the Sunday scaries, like being spooked by The Last of Us. Oh, my God, I'm going to sound so dumb if it doesn't come out on Sundays. I'm pretty sure it comes out on Sundays. But the thing is, I tend to watch it on Mondays. But hey, at least I'm committing to a day. Anyway, you guys get the point. It's really cool to have something to look forward to and like be dedicated to. And I don't know. It's hard to get a show that is that good, though, to have an entire community of people looking forward to it every week. Anyway, I'm starting to ramble on that. Bernadette Navarro said, not watching. Sorry, but should I? End quote. Should you ghoul? Oh, my gosh. You need to. Everyone's watching it. Everyone I know is watching this show. It's insane. Chapters from the Crypt said, love it. Pedro Pascal is chef's kisses, end quote. Okay, I hate to admit that I too am jumping on the Pedro bandwagon because, spoiler alert, I don't really love the, the Mandalorian. I didn't watch it. I'm a little tired of all of the Star Wars IPs and shows. That's just my unpopular opinion. So I never watched The Mandalorian, but the few scenes I did see, I didn't get it. I was like, he's all right. But this show has changed everything. Let me just say. <laughs> Hauntingly Cute Mom said, Chase and I love it. He played the game and helped me understand it better. That first episode was so sad, end quote. Okay, I feel like every episode is sad. I am just mind blown by the fact that this game is one of like the most popular games in video game history according to my brother. And I, it's just insane to me how inclusive it is, how sad it is. And the fact that it's still so popular because usually things that are this emotional and deep don't resonate very much. And so I think it's really cool to see that like it's proof that good storytelling works, right? Because that's what it comes down to. Like it's such great storytelling and 
I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out, especially because they already signed to season two for the for game two. But there is currently no game three. And the creators have said that they won't do a third part if they cannot commit to making it as great of a story. And this concerns me because I'm afraid that HBO is going to pull a Game of Thrones, you guys. So like we need the original creators to create Game 3 with enough time for HBO to not pull a horrible Daenerys ending on us for (laughs) season three of The Last of Us. Just saying. Okay, and let's see. I have also started asking in the co-host questions if there's anything specific you all want me to cover on here. And I've been loving it because sometimes... Actually, most of the time, you guys ask questions that I want to talk about, but don't think anyone actually wants to hear about. So thank you so much for requesting or asking these things. Monica Gellman said, any new spooky spots in Denver? Cool Victorian homes? Question mark or not question mark. End quote. Um, So here's the thing. We have not been able to do much exploring since spooky season because of I guess because of the weather, to be honest, we were doing so much when we moved here, like in April through the end of spooky season, I got really tired and burnt out. We did continue to explore a little bit through the beginning of November, but then once the holidays and the crazy weather hit, it just feels like, I don't know, guys, like it's been a blur since November, if I'm being honest, but I'm really looking forward to starting to explore more. As you all know, Rudy's been sick. So we haven't been able to go out much because it's been so cold. This week, we were literally like at negative 10 for two or three days. I am terrified for my bill, my electricity bill. So please send help because it's been crazy. It was really cold. And so since Rudy's been sick, like the cold aggravates his cough. And so I've just been trying to make sure that he gets better before we start exploring more. But I'm really excited about hopefully like late spring and the summer I actually look forward to summer now, guys. It's insane because I've been cooped up and cozy, but summer will be like my time to be an extrovert. (laughs) And then Bernadette Navarro asked, how are you adjusting to Colorado? End quote. So I think we've done really well, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. It's interesting because I was so terrified of the winter and it's been bearable. It's just become more annoying, but it's only annoying because... I have to put on a million layers just to like take the dogs out to pee for like one minute because they don't even want to be out there. But other than that, it has been really amazing to be able to like just dress in cozy hoodies all the time. And it's just so beautiful. It has made me realize that I think winter and snow is a lot prettier than fall, but fall is more enjoyable, if that makes sense. Um, What else? I don't know, just in general, it has been nothing like I expected it to be, but still just as as amazing and magical. Like, there are times when I miss Phoenix so much. Like, I think sometimes I feel more homesick for Phoenix than El Paso in the sense that, like, Phoenix is where I grew up and became myself, truly. Like, I became Mandy Spooks in Phoenix, and I still have so many friends and my coworkers there. So I visit often, and just, like, going there feels like I'm going home because I lived there for seven years. So it's a really weird feeling. Sometimes I get sad because I miss just the familiarity of Phoenix, even though when I was there, I hated the weather so bad. So it's been a really weird feeling of like missing my family, but like El Paso itself doesn't feel like home. 
Phoenix, the town, like city wise, Phoenix feels more familiar and like home because El Paso has changed so much. And I'm still in Denver, which feels like home because it's where like my dogs and Rudy are and where I feel like the place just resonates with me. But it's just hard because it still doesn't feel familiar. Like I can't just get anywhere without a map, which is frustrating. So it's definitely had its challenges, but it has also definitely been so worth it. Like there are moments where I literally just want to cry because of how beautiful it is. So I will definitely be sharing more. Like I'm hoping to do like a one year in Denver anniversary video where I share like everything I've learned and like tips for anyone considering moving to Colorado. Okay. Wow, that was a very long answer. Thank you for asking. I clearly wanted to get some things out. Uh, Goal with a Curl said, any special V-Day plans with your hubby, keeping it romantic or spooky, end quote. So I have no idea what our plans are. Mr. Spooks has told me that he has a surprise planned and he told me that I could wear an Insta-worthy outfit that is semi-comfortable, I think is what he told me. So that is all I know. I have no idea if it is spooky. It seems like it would be romantic. I actually hate surprises if you guys are new around here. And Mr. Spooks knows that. So he asked me personally, like, do you want to know or do you want me to surprise you? And I actually opted for the surprise this time. I don't know. I could use some romance and swooping off my feet, you know? <laughs> Lalik asked, any new hobbies you want to pick up? How's the planner journey going and how is the braces journey going, end quote. Okay, so any new hobbies I want to pick up? Well, your ghoul just picked up one hobby, which is gaming, and it's horrible because I have no time for this kind of hobby, guys. Um, but I would say I think not a hobby, maybe a hobby, but I think I really am interested in trying to um, to stream gaming at some point on YouTube it feels like it's going to become like a whole other production, but I also feel like I'm spending so much time doing it. It would be great to just be able to like share it with you and hang out with you at the same time. I let my confidence in gaming get in the way of that. So I feel like I'm trying to get past that and like accept like I'm a really I'm really bad at gaming, but I enjoy doing it. And I think I would love doing it while hanging out with you guys. So I think maybe hopefully in the near future, maybe never. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll pick that up. Uh, my planner journey has totally gone kaput <laughs> since I started. I started the year so strong, guys. I was feeling great, but like another canceled flight, Rudy getting COVID. Like it just feels like, why even try anymore? Just kidding. I'm starting to feel better, but it just really feels like there's so many things that keep happening that it's hard to like get into a routine again and start planning. But I'm hoping that after the this next um, work trip I have that I'll be able to just kind of like settle down for a while and focus because I really do want to like set time up on Sundays specifically to look in my planner, think about my week and just like set intentions to like have a healthier start. You know, right now it just feels like every single day things are just like coming at me and I'm like going with the flow, but it's getting hard. You know, I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> just kidding. I, I'm doing well. I think I'm just learning to become a little more transparent with you guys and honest with you guys. And now I feel like I'm overdoing it and scaring you. But I promise I'm good. And I really appreciate you asking. Brace's journey is also going pretty well. Like, no complaints. It kind of feels like my teeth have been at a standstill right now. 
But I know that that's normal and I do see the growth. I think I'm just starting to get impatient, to be honest. So I'm really looking forward to my next adjustment. Um, and then Hello Sparkle said, nope, other than you are delightful and glad I get to call you my friend, end quote. That is so sweet. Thank you so much, Ashley. Okay, anyway, if you want to keep up with how I'm keeping the spook alive, you can follow me on Instagram and Mandy Spooks at Not Another Spooky Podcast. And now that we're all caught up, let's get into Mandy's spooky suggestions. All right, nerdy ghouls. So, first up in Mandy's spooky suggestions is obviously a watch list, including content you can fangle over immediately and also premieres you can look out for. So, in the premieres list, we have knock at the cabin this one actually already came out but it's very new so i figured why not the summary according to imdb reads while vacationing a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse end quote there's also a movie called fear that just came out the summary according to imdb reads for Sorry. <laughs> the summary reads, a much needed getaway and a celebration weekend turns into a nightmare due to the contagious airborne threat, end quote. Oh, that's interesting. I saw the trailer to that movie and that is not what I got from the trailer, to be honest. But if I'm being very transparent with you guys, I saw the previews to both of those movies and neither of them really caught my attention. I much prefer the 90s fear with Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon, which, by the way, actually makes for a great Valentine's watch, in my opinion. <laughs> OK, so when I asked for your recommendations, my ghoul Laylik mentioned whichever number scary movie they are on. Like those were her words, whichever number scary movie they are on. And I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this because I thought it was really cute and funny. Guys, I was scouring the interwebs trying to find when a new scary movie is coming out because I have not heard about one. And I realized that I think she meant Scream, but that is not coming out until next month. So y'all have to wait for our Keeping the Spook Alive in March. But I just really wanted to share that because I thought it was cute. And it's crazy that Google knew that by me searching scary movie 2023 that I was talking about Scream because that's what came up. I don't know. Funny thought process there. Anyway, um, next we have a movie Monica Gauman mentioned that I had not heard about, which is a Netflix movie called We Have a Ghost starring David Harbour. I will forgive him for Violent Night. I know so many of you really liked that movie. I think I want to try giving it another shot this Christmas maybe because I feel like I let my mood about everything happening with Southwest Airlines affect me while watching the movie but anyway this movie premieres on February 24th and the summary according to IMDb reads finding a ghost named Ernest haunting their new home turns Kevin's family into overnight social media sensations but when Kevin and Ernest investigate the mystery of Ernest's past they become a target of the CIA Okay, that one sounds fun, and it sounds like it's going to be funny, too, so I will give it a try. And of course, last but most definitely not least, we have the highly anticipated part one of You, season four, on February 9th. And I don't think you guys need a summary for this one, but if I'm being honest, I'm really disappointed Love is Not Coming Back because I feel like she made the show so good. But I'm just going to call this now. My prediction is that love is his new stalker. Like, come on. How epic would that be? Hello, you. <laughs> I don't know. OK, and moving on to movies, you can fan over immediately to keep the spook alive in February. 
Okay, this might be my favorite month to recommend movies ever, to be honest. I was so excited you all wanted more ideas because the options are endless. Like right off the bat, spoiler alert, this month's full episode on February 15th will be on The Corpse Bride. But you guys, I'm genuinely so excited to do a full episode for you on a movie again. It's been like, I want to say three months since I've dipped my toes in some real episode script writing for you. So I'm really excited about it. So if you haven't already seen it, this is your warning to watch Tim Burton's The Corpse Bride very soon because I'll be posting my co-host questions for it in the next few days. Anyway, I digressed majorly on that one, but there are a few other movies the community recommended for Valentine's. Of course, the most popular choice was My Bloody Valentine, and I am ashamed to admit this, but I had no idea that the um, Jensen Ankles, is that his name? Oh my God, I probably said his name so wrong. I think I'm looking it up right now. I feel so embarrassed. Ankles, not ankles. <laughs> Jensen Ankles, Ankles, oh my gosh, I am so sorry for butchering his name, but now I can't stop calling him Ankles. <laughs> okay, anyway, I thought that that movie was an original and apparently it is a remake, so now I want to see the original and the new one. Who knew? I feel so embarrassed that I did not know that. And then NBC Lover 1993 had an amazing suggestion, you guys. I'm so upset that I did not think about doing an episode on this one for Valentine's, which is Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies? Oh, man, that was such a good one. Guys, I'm giving you some nerdy ghoul homework right now. Somebody please send me a message in early January, maybe even late December, and remind me, hey, remember you're doing a, Valen a Valentine's episode on Warm Bodies. Like, I'm so scared I'm going to forget, but also it's such a good idea. Okay, and then uh, Ghoul with the Curl said, I love watching Valentine. I'm a big fan of David. I'm not even going to try pronouncing his last name because I already butchered one name in this episode. Um, I looked this movie up, have never watched it, had never heard about it, and I'm highly intrigued, and I think you all should look it up too. Just saying. And then Hiking with Grace recommended, or not recommended, she said, Midsummer, just kidding, only one I can think of that I've seen, end quote. Okay, so admittedly, I have not seen this movie because from what I have heard, it is definitely not my cup of tea. But I did read on a few lists that it is a Valentine's watch. So if anyone is interested in that kind of movie, that is your option. <laughs> and then my super long random list honestly made me realize something, guys. I don't think I'm a big horror fan. Shocker, right? But most of my recommendations are campy or corny or kids movies. And I don't know. I think I need to step into that more and own that this isn't really a horror podcast, at least not most of the time. But I kind of feel like my list of recommendations is basically like a pick your own vibe for Valentine's Day, but still keep it spooky because there is a major variety in here. So if you're into like... I guess sexy girl vibes is all I could think of. Um, Samara Weaving is in Ready or Not and The Babysitter. And those are both amazing watches. Like they are so fun. And I guess they're like modern too is what I love about them. Those are like some of my recommendations, but I think that they go very well together if you want to make Samara Weaving your vibe for Valentine's Day. Um, and then we also have Bride of Chucky. That's like a campy fun one. 
And then I have like an entire category of like stalker love because apparently that's a thing. I don't know what else we would call it. But there's three movies I recommend in that. And I almost feel like it's a like pick your 80s, 90s or early O's version. So we have Fatal Attraction, which to be honest, I didn't confirm if it's from the 80s, but in my head it is. Fatal Attraction is a classic, guys. And then we have Fear, which I mentioned earlier. If you guys have not seen Fear, that's like a must watch if you're a 90s girl. And then we have Obsessed with Beyonce. I know that's like a total curveball that I threw at you guys, but I kind of enjoyed that one. And then the obvious one, if you're just like a fangool and you want a fangool, you know what I mean? Twilight, like, hello, watch the entire series. And then Bride of Frankenstein for your more classic vibes. I did throw in this next one because I know so many people love it, but it's like Midsummer. It's totally not my vibe. I did not even finish this movie because I hated it that much. It is The Love Witch. I personally don't understand it and I'm so sorry, but usually the people I have told that I hate it actually get why I hate it, even though they love it. So there's that. And then if you're feeling more on the kooky side, I recommend The Addams Family or The Munsters. And you can pick your own favorite from those. And if you haven't seen all of them, like I challenge you to try a different version from what you have seen. My personal favorite of The Addams Family, believe it or not, is the animated version that recently came out. And then Casper is such a great Valentine's movie. Like, so many cute vibes. And then if you want some queer Valentine's vibes, of course, Jennifer's Body. Are you guys seeing a pattern here? I have basically covered a lot of the Valentine's recommendations I have, which means, like, what? What is Mandy Spooks' vibe? Love and magic, pretty much. <laughs> And then the next one I have is like a fun watch. And this is actually one of Mr. Spooks' favorite movies, which is Weird Science. It would be so great to like, I would recommend a night where you watch The Bride of Frankenstein and Weird Science to make it like, I don't know, a very fun sciencey night. <laughs> wow, I, I sound like such a ditz right now. Anyway, another recommendation I have is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like if you're just looking for something more casual, you can binge throughout the month. And again, you can pick your own vibe, whether you want to go the like classic 90s version or if you want to go the more modern spooky version. I think they both have tons of magical love vibes. And then a movie that Bernadette recently reminded me about that I really need to rewatch. And I'm also torn about making next Valentine's episode about this, like oh, so hard, is Teen Witch. I used to love Teen Witch so much, you guys. So I don't know, at some point we're gonna cover Teen Witch on this show. You should know that right now. And then going off the witchy vibes, of course, we have also covered these, but Practical Magic and The Craft are also great Valentine's watches. So as I mentioned, huge variety here. And I think you can pretty much decide like you could even have like one week's gonna be horror one week's gonna be 90s one week's gonna be stalker love <laughs> I don't know the the opportunities are endless here but I think what I realized is a lot of these are 90s movies and there was something spooky about the 90s and love stories guys I don't know 
<laughs> All right, moving along, let's get into some quick spooky suggestions for our spookworms. If you're new here, welcome. One of the extensions of Not Another Spooky Podcast is the Spookworm Club, which is a book club for spooky, magical following lovers. As you all know, I have not been doing anything except gaming lately, and my travel plans seem to keep falling through, so I have not been reading much, but... Some of the books I recently read still make great Valentine's reads, and I want to share why. So, I know you guys are going to be like, you never shut up about this book. Long Live the Pumpkin Queen is the reason why I love reading again, to be honest. But it makes such a great Valentine's read. If you have not read it, you guys, this is your perfect read for February. Um, trust me, if you have ever taken a word of advice from Mandy Spooks. It is this. You need to read Long Live the Pumpkin Queen for Valentine's Day. It is major Valentine's vibes and I don't want to spoil why, but also if you're like me, you can always use some fall vibes in your life. So it's the perfect read. You can get some true magical Valentine's vibes and also feel like it is your favorite time of the year all at once. And it's not even because of the reason why you think it is. Just saying. Okay. And then the next one that I want to recommend is the series, and it is The X-Hex and The Kiss Curse. So these two books are very Halloween fall centric. I'm not going to lie to you, but if you're like me, you don't mind having those vibes year round, obviously, right? You're listening to this podcast, so I'm sure you would love it. Anyway, both of these books actually focus on love stories and magic. I mean, the titles are literally what the books are about. The X-Hex, The Kiss Curse. See where I'm going with this? I highly recommend them. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I did not love The X-Hex as much as I thought I would. But once I read The Kiss Curse, it made reading The X-Hex worth it, if that makes sense. So definitely get both of them. All right. And next we have some notes. Beyond my abilities at the moment. Excuse me, Siri. <laughs> I got so excited talking to you guys that I hit the button on my Apple Watch. I want to know, like, are you guys loving this new version of me where I don't edit out every single mistake? Or is it starting to sound sloppy to you guys? I really need this feedback because it genuinely keeps me up at night sometimes. <laughs> okay, but moving on. Uh, next, we have some notes on how your fellow nerdy ghouls are keeping the spook alive this February. Maybe it'll give you some spooky inspiration and I'll share any last suggestions I have that might not get mentioned. So hauntingly cute mom said celebrating Halloween and working on new sticker designs, end quote. Yes. If you guys have not checked out Lexi's recent sticker drop, you definitely should at her hauntingly cute shop. They're so cute. I love the one with the balloons. And then Bernadette Navarro said, by giving out Halloween gifts and watching Scream movies, end quote. Oh my gosh, I mentioned this earlier when we were talking about the whole scary movie versus Scream title, and I didn't even think to add Scream to our spooky suggestions list. So thank you so much for mentioning this. Definitely, wow, I totally missed the mark on this, guys. February is the perfect time to binge the Scream series. It's very stalker love as well it is spooky it's like filled with like flirtiness which is a total valentine's vibe and it's the perfect time to get caught up to watch the new movie in march like hello mandy what were you thinking anyway now you guys know <laughs> Lalik said i think february is when i hibernate lol maybe scary movies will carry me through end quote 
Oh, so February is your November. Because I feel like November is when I hibernate post-Halloween, like after coming down from that Halloween high, for sure. But I respect. Essie Zoon said, I'm taking my mom to a classical concert that's only lit with a million candles. I'm also planning to do a spooky, romantic, candlelit dinner at my home for my hubs. And the theme will be, I love you to death, and it'll be decorated all gothic style, end quote. You guys, tell me Sabrina is not like the most romantical person in this community. She always has the sweetest answers. But Ghoul, you're going to have to let me know how that candle did that candle um, concert goes because I'm always getting ads for them. But for some reason, I feel like they're not going to be worth the price they're charging for them. So I really want to hear how that goes. You'll have to keep me posted. OK, and then. Splash of Spooky said, Valloween, Avi, and also by prepping for the new Scream movie, end quote. I love this comment because the whole prepping, I don't know what she means by prepping, if she means like watching the movies or like getting her outfit ready, but I love it because I definitely prep for movie premieres as well in the sense of like wanting to have like the perfect outfit ready if I need to rewatch anything. So definitely a great haunt tip there. And then Ghosted Easy said, hopefully going to Vegas to visit the Nightmare Cafe and some fun tiki bars, end quote. Oh my gosh, that sounds so fun. I can't wait to see your adventures on Instagram. Okay, and then any suggestions that you all did not mention? I'm thinking. I don't know. I think I would say to try to keep the spook alive in your relationship, honestly. Like, do something exciting and daring that you normally wouldn't do. And it doesn't have to actually be spooky like watching scary movies or going to a haunted house, but I don't know. I think it's just a time to like keep up the spice in your life, if that makes sense. And I hate that I didn't bring any like actual suggestions for you, but that could be different for everyone. So I'm excited to see where your Valentine's goes this year. Okay, and as you all know, this community of nerdy ghouls loves treats and a big way for me to get into a seasonal mood is always to have the right treats for the season. So I asked what your favorite Valentine's treats are. Hauntingly mom, hauntingly cute mom said red velvet brownies, end quote. Oh my gosh, ghoul. I don't think I've ever had red velvet brownies, but they sound delightful. Monica Gellman said those heart-shaped boxes of chocolates, even though a third are nasty things like coconut, end quote. Okay, I kind of get this, though. Like, you kind of love the mystery of it, if you know what I mean. Like, it's interesting. And I also usually hate most of them, but I love the idea of, like, taste testing and, like, throwing back, like, that half-eaten piece that you didn't actually like, hoping that your partner's going to eat it, but nobody ever does, you know? Okay. And then Bernadette Navarro said, red velvet cupcakes and chocolate, end quote. Okay, yes, red velvet cupcakes are amazing. And chocolate, who could go wrong? I mean, honestly, just looking at this list, it sounds like nerdy ghouls really love their chocolate, to be honest. Uh, Laylake said, chocolate-covered fortune cookies, end quote. Oh, my gosh. That sounds delicious, honestly. Never had it, but I would totally try it. Yana Loves Michi said, those heart-shaped suckers, LOL, by far my favorite, LOL, end quote. Oh my God, yes. I agree with this one. I love the heart-shaped lollipops. I don't always see them every year, which makes me upset, but I love them. Essie Zoon said, homemade pink rice crispy treats my mom used to make and also Ferrero Rocher, end quote. Okay, fun little fact, guys. Ferrero Rocher are my favorite candy in the world 
And I don't know if other people do this, but there is a method to eating these. And if you don't eat them this way, then you're a monster. But I like to eat every single layer separately and like enjoy each layer of it. My mom used to buy me these chocolates like for every single special occasion. And Rudy knows that. So every now and then he surprises me with them, especially when he knows that I'm feeling down. And it's like the sweetest thing ever because A, I love them. And B, it's like a warm hug from my mom, secondhandedly given by him, if that makes sense. Okay, and then too fond of books said chocolate turtles, end quote. Okay, another one of my favorites. I love those as well. They are delicious, especially when they're like pecan. I don't know if they're always pecans if they're turtles. Is that like, do they have to be pecans to be considered turtles is my question. I don't know. But those are my second favorite chocolates, I think. And then Alice in Wanderlust said, I like the hearts shrug emoji, laughing emoji. And that's it. Sorry, I thought there was more to that one. Yeah, I love the hearts too. I'm a sucker for them, to be honest. Uh, Ghost DDZ said Reese's hearts, end quote. I don't think I have seen those before, but I imagine they taste just like the pumpkin Reese's or regular Reese's. So I'll have to keep an eye out for them. And then Wild Rose 01 also said Red Velvet Cupcakes. And Hello Sparkle said chocolates, but the ones with caramel and the conversation hearts, end quote. Dang, all the conversation cards came in, hearts came in at the same time. And then Samantha ESP said dark chocolate covered strawberries and conversation hearts, end quote. Okay. My question is, do you guys actually love to eat the conversation hearts or you do or do you just love the aesthetic of them? Because I lean on just loving the aesthetic of them. However, sweethearts, like the sweethearts candy. Wait, not sweethearts. You guys are going to be like, no shit. That's what they're called, Mandy. Is that I'm having a brain fart. Sweet hearts candies. I'm looking this up as we talk because now I feel very confused by what I'm saying. You guys, what is the brand? Okay, wow. I feel very silly right now. The brand is Sweet Tarts. <laughs> okay, so as you can see, my confusion was pretty valid. But they now make the Sweet Tarts version of the Conversation Hearts which are delicious because they actually have some flavor to them. So those are my favorite, I would say. I honestly didn't think I had a favorite Valentine's treat, but you guys, like everything you mentioned are things that I loved. And I swear this is not just a plug because I mean, it kind of is a plug. But this week's YouTube video is about the Friends television series and making a Valentine's treat with some Friends themed conversation hearts, which is honestly so easy to make and turned out so good. However, I genuinely want to make them again with the sweet tarts version of the conversation hearts. So I guess to sum it all up, my favorite treat really is the sweet tarts conversation hearts. All right. It is the moment I have been waiting for. If you're not binging with us, then you can't sit with us because it's time for Bloody Bingeworthy. If you're joining us for the first time, this segment is at the end of the show so that those who decide to binge Spooky TV with me can hear me fangirl over the latest season we watched. You can always find what season is coming up in the show notes. This month, we binged The Vampire Diaries seasons 6 and 7. 
I'm not proud of this, but today's Bloody Bingeworthy is going to be all over the place, mostly because it's proving to be so hard to cover so many episodes all at once. I appreciate your all's patience with what a rough start this segment ended up having. This was definitely a classic case of biting off more than you can chew. But we're here just one season away from the official binging, from the official end of binging TBD together. So my overall thoughts on the last two seasons... <sighs> My biggest one is just how hard I stand Damon and Bonnie's friendship. Like as soon as they got left behind in season five, I was legit so excited because I knew my favorite part of the show had finally come. It's just insane how their relationship develops from season one all the way to now. And honestly, the two speeches Damon and Enzo gave her when she was dying towards the end of season seven made me ugly cry so hard, like probably the hardest I have in the entire series. I dare to say that I think Damon loves Bonnie more than he loves Elena because look at what he has done to keep her alive despite knowing death is the key to Elena waking up. And I get that it's platonic, but it's just so admirable that he loves her that much, you know? Anyway, going back to season six for a bit, the wedding massacre was so horrible that it is one of the scenes I actually do remember from my first watch of TVD. And honestly, I don't know why this scene wasn't the first show coined with the Red Wedding because it was a pretty big scene. And this is extremely unfortunate timing. But for those of you who haven't heard, the actress who played Lily actually passed away this week and Paul Wesley posted about it. It was very sad. And I feel like a jerk honestly for even saying this now I should have just left it out but I feel like we needed to cover it I actually really hated the return of Lily and just how selfish she originally was or continue to be to be honest it's interesting because they never really went back to share Damon's regrets about his last words with her but I don't know I feel like I don't know just thinking about it it's kind of strange how they didn't really touch that subject again and then the crazy stone knife thing that sent Damon and Stefan into their personal hell was crazy. I swear for a long time, me and Rudy were convinced that Damon was still in it, even when he was actually back from it, if that makes sense. And I don't know, at one point we were finally convinced, but for a long time we were like, okay, this is still not reality. <laughs> And I was really annoyed with Elena compelling her memories of Damon away, to be honest. Like, I don't know. It's just such a cowardly thing to do. And how could you? I could never want to forget about all the love in my life with Rudy. But I guess to an extent, okay, this is weird and probably not where you guys think this is going at all. But legit, sometimes I randomly cry when I think about my dogs dying one day. And I imagine life will never go on the same. Like I have literally told Rudy, like, I don't know what you're going to do when something happens to them. Like, I'm never going to function again. Like, I just cannot. And maybe I'd want to compel, be compelled to forget how much I love them. But no, I just I could not. I don't know how you could do that. But I do admit that it was really cute seeing Damon get nervous for the first time when he was going to meet Elena after all of that had happened like it was just crazy because you had never seen in the entire series Damon get nervous for something okay oh. and then Caroline's mom you guys I still don't understand how their blood doesn't cure cancer if I'm being honest but I had forgotten about everything that happened in season six honestly I cried so much in this season from Caroline's mom to Elena being put to sleep I just I remember how much I cried because my notes said so. Okay. 
Also, I'm not going to lie to you guys, as much as I love Caroline and <clears throat> formerly loved Stefan, I don't really dig them together. Like, they just don't feel like they go together. It feels forced. I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. And I almost feel like she goes better with Alaric, even though that doesn't really go either. It's just really strange. Let's see. I also touched on it a little, but the spell Kai put on Elena was pretty messed up. I was really surprised to find out that Nina Debrev had quit the show. Talk about sending the writers for a spin. But honestly, I feel like it worked out because it forced them to get creative and do something different with these seasons. Like they clearly felt very different from other seasons, but I also still really enjoyed them. You know, it's crazy because I really enjoyed season seven, but it took me forever to get through it. And I have no idea why, because I really liked the episodes. Okay, and can we chat for a second about Valerie's character? I don't know why. She just never felt likable to me from the beginning. And now all of a sudden she's just like not part of the show again. Like, I don't know. I just always had these weird feelings about her that she was up to something for some reason. Another random thing about these last seasons has been the armory. Like, out of nowhere, it's just this prominent part of the show, but I don't really know how it got to be so prominent. Does that make sense? Like, I, I could do without it, if that makes sense. This has surprisingly gone on longer than I expected it to, so I will end with this. What in the world? Damon and Enzo going bad boy crazy? Okay, hot. But also, why can't Bonnie just have her happy ending? I don't know. I just I feel so bad for her. Like, I feel like of every character in the show, maybe aside from Matt, but maybe but not really, because I think she's been put through like a lot more. She's the one who continues to get screwed over the most in this show. And I don't understand why, because she is like the most amazing person. So I just really hope that she gets her happy ending at some point in this last season. So on that note, I'm really looking forward to our March 1st episode because I am so ready to finish this series with you ghouls so that we can figure out what the heck is going to happen with Bloody Benchworthy in the future. So just a reminder, you can always check your nerdy ghoul homework in the show notes to find out which episodes we'll be binging for the next Bloody Bingeworthy segment. And if you're wondering how you could be one of the lovely co-hosts, like I mentioned in today's episode, you can follow the show on Instagram at not another spooky podcast to participate in polls and questions for upcoming episodes. All right, nerdy ghouls, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'm not going to lie. I have been in a very weird podcasting slump the past couple of months because it seems I'm always either super tired when podcast time rolls around or the timing of what's going on like in the spooky sphere has been weird. But this episode really got me so excited about Valentine's Day. And I'm so stoked to talk about The Corpse Bride with you. So many possibilities for the show this year. So thank you so much for sticking around on my not so great days and the days where I totally slay. <laughs> but I hope you have a magical Valentine's Day filled with lots of love. And until next time, sending you ghouls and kisses. Bye. Ha 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 ha.